Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Uh, I am Polly, and before we climb aboard the sober train, I just want to say to people that everybody that works on the Sobertown podcast is a volunteer. We all come here in the hopes that we can help the next person who is struggling with alcohol. And if you are struggling to uh, come off the drink, please visit our website, SobertownPodcast.com. It's a wonderful place for a lot of resources. We've got a, a, a great guy in Australia, Todd, who has done a lot of blogs to help you um, build a toolbox. He also talks about the way alcohol affects your body. We've got walls of fame. We've got people's stories. And every podcast that's been recorded, of which there is over 150. So there's plenty of stuff for you to listen to. So as... Uh, so onto the podcast, as you know, normally I do a two for one podcast with my good friend and sober sister, Karina. But as we know from last week's podcast, Karina has taken herself and her bumblebee Can-Am on vacation. Anybody who wants to follow her can follow her on Instagram on um, Can-Am Girl UK. She's having a wonderful time. And today, riding the train with me, I have a couple of guests. Uh, we're going to discuss the subject of moderation and helping me on this topic. I have Mr. Steve Shickey, the Essex boy. Come on, Steve. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon or good morning, Polly. Thank good. you for having me back on the show and the podcast. I absolutely love what you're doing, what's been created. You listen to you and the team. It is it's fantastic. I mean, it's helped me along the way. It really has. And I hope it's helped a lot of other people as well. I know it has. So what you've created here between all of you is just fantastic. And I'm privileged to be back. Thanks for having me. There you are. Now you're a member of the team and you'll be on here on a regular <laughs> occasion. So and also, <clears throat> Steve and I are sat on the train and riding <clears throat> in a truck trying to keep up with us is the man himself, Mr. Drifter. Well, good morning, Drifter. <laughs> Hello, Summertown. I'm actually walking right now, but I'll be driving soon. Yeah. Uh, Drifter may fade in and out because, as I say, he's driving because he's coming to us while he's still working. So um, he's getting paid to podcast today. So good for you. Um, oh, can't beat that. Today we are going to discuss moderation. And recently there's been a lot of articles with regard to moderation, can we moderate? Um, what is moderation, etc. And my own personal view is, my own personal feelings are, I cannot. It's not in my wheelhouse. It's not possible because I have done all the mental gymnastics of trying to moderate. But before I we talk about my efforts in moderation. Steve, have you tried to moderate before giving up? Yeah, um, no, not before giving up, no. Um, I, mean, I was pretty much seven days a week for the best part of 20 years. Um, I only tried to moderate once when I gave up. Um, my, my first attempt of giving up was last November, so eight, eight months ago. Um, I went for five and a half weeks sober, which... I've got to say it was the most amazing, life-changing five weeks of my life. Um, I then relapsed. Um, I, I relapsed on um, the 23rd of December. 
and straight away I said, that's it, I'm now going to stop again. So I didn't drink for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, but then Boxing Day, the moderation thing was going over and over my head. You know, I've, I've been five weeks now, I can do this. So I tried to moderate then on, on, on Boxing Day. That was my first attempt at moderation. But when I say moderation, I mean, I, I set out to try and have just sort of one, two, maybe three drinks, sensible drinking and knock it on the head. And that, that was my attempt at moderation. That was my, my first experience of trying to moderate. And um, I thought, let's do it. I mean, I was, I was watching football. Um, Spurs are my team, Tottenham Hotspurs. If you know anything about football, that's enough to make you drink. My nephew is a huge, <sighs> huge Spurs fan. The little ball with the bird on the top all the time. That, that's the one. They're enough to make you drink watching that team, seriously. So, <laughs> I, I think Aston Villa and other teams like that are quite the same. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's loads. So I thought that's it. I'm, I'm going to be sensible. I'm going to have a drink. I haven't drunk the for two days. Um, so I poured out a pint of lager um, and two pints of lager lasted me for two hours. And I was like, wow, check me out. I'm, you know, I'm moderating. I'm a, a sensible, responsible adult. I'm doing good. Yeah? So this is this is the way forward. Lifter and, and I then, are laughing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here we go. So then I went in for the third one. Um, and then by the time I finished the third one, I got, as we all know, the taste for it. And I lost my inhibition, inhibitions and all sense of moderation went out the window. It's like, sod that. You know, the third one went down, then the fourth one, then the fifth, then the wine came out, then the whiskey. And I wasn't even thinking about moderating. I was like, sod that. Do you know what I mean? So my first attempt at moderating just ended up getting completely drunk. Um, so I, I pretty much know, uh, and I knew anyway, really, that I can't moderate. And I've never really seen the point anyway. I mean, if you're going to go for a, if you're going to dip your toe, I've always thought you might as well go for a swim. I, I can't see the point in having one or two. I never have. I tried to on this occasion and I failed at that one. Um, so I then ended up drinking for the next seven days solid uh, before I attempted my next um, cycle of quitting. I mean, the, the actual reason I, I relapsed after five weeks, I got a, a, a positive COVID test. So I, mm. I actually drank all through my illness. <laughs> Believe it or not. You anesthetised yourself. Well, this is it, because whenever I got flu in the past, I'd always have like a port and brandy or something, because I thought that was my medicine. Do you know what I mean? I used to gurgle whiskey if I had a sore throat, because I thought that was my medicine, you know? Yeah, that's such, yeah, I mean, honey and whiskey was always something yeah, that came out. Yeah. You've got a cold, mm, you've got a yeah, sore throat, yeah. you go, here's some, here's some warm, yeah. warm honey, warm whiskey with a bit of honey in it, start gargling, you'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> When I got my, my positive test and um, result, mate, I went. I felt like crap. I went straight to the offer license. I bought a bottle of port and a bottle of brandy, and I drank it. But the most craziest thing is, I couldn't taste the bloody thing. I, <laughs> I had COVID. I, I couldn't taste nothing for like ten days. I, I drank for nine days, nine, nine or eight days. I couldn't taste the bloody thing. <laughs> the thing I've ever done. But there you go. That 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 probably was my first attempt of moderating in that sense, as in trying to go for two or three drinks, that went completely pear shape. That's a typical comedy of errors, isn't it? That's what we do, it, you know. Yeah. And uh, thank God we can laugh at ourselves oh. uh, and the, the stuff we used to do. Um, and like just, you say, Shiki, it took all your inhibitions away. And yes. all that addict voice wants you to do is all you need yep. is that first drink. Yep, that's it, mate. And I can't stop. I can't see the point in stopping. 
I really want to start. Well, you know, some people have a couple of drinks, learn like they're out for a meal, then have a coffee. And I can always look at them and think, that's weird. Why are you doing that for? Like, you know, I can't ever do that. I don't see the point. That's my point, my point of view. I just, if I'm going to drink, I, I, I just, just get drunk. I could never just have one or two and then put it down. I, I can never see the point. And I, I tried it and I know now I can't do it. I can't do that. So that's that, that's that form of moderation out the window. Do you think, um, and I think you, Drifter, you said about the addict voice. And I think when we start hearing that little things, the little voice in our mind saying, well, look at you. You've been sober for five weeks. You can moderate. It's the sly mm. little addict mm. voice coming in in a different way, trying to yep. trip you up because you know full well, you know, but we've all been fooled by that little voice that comes into our head saying, well, you've got this. No, mm -hmm. you don't got this. No one ever gets this. And people who say that, um, well, I am going to be speakers. These, these are my thoughts, my feelings, people. Do not jump on my ass, please. I'm telling you now that people who turn around and say that people with alcohol problems who have been dependent on alcohol, they can moderate if they try. Bullshit. I call bullshit on people that try and teach anyone who's had alcohol dependency to try and moderate. That is a dangerous path because you you start to moderate and slowly, 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 you start falling back into that big, deep pit you were in before, mm. which takes so much emotional and physical energy to get back out of that saying those of us with alcohol dependency will eventually be able to moderate is horse pucky. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Mm. So how do you feel about that one, Drifter? Well, I just remember seeing recently, because Shiki, you you went through that and you failed at that, but that voice hasn't stopped like talking to you because you were just talking recently about um, with our, our one friend that put that post up, Laura, about moderation. Yep. It still tries to give you these thoughts, doesn't it? It does. I mean, moderation really is the enemy. It's, it's still the voice. It's dressed up in a different suit. I mean, he, he changes his clothes all the time, that little fucker. I mean, he's always changing. He pops up when he wants with a different suit on. So moderation is still that voice. He's, he's still the enemy, really. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Carry on, it's like, it's like you say, a different suit. It's like the softly, softly approach, the little creepy, mm. creepy approach. Yep. You know, putting the little thoughts in the back of your mind. It's not an aggressive approach like, oh, God, I've got a craving. I want a drink. Mm -hmm. It's um, it, it's it's very softly, softly in the yep. back of your mind. That's that's how I feel about moderation. And I I've asked quite a few people to make their comments on moderation and the basically the bottom line on it is it is such a mind game and the um if i go back to some of what uh, some people said it was obsessive it was exhausting one person told me it was like dancing with the addict voice. It's like having mm. a dance with the addict voice. Um, another one said, it's the little voice telling you, well, you're missing out on all the fun, aren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many ways that this can trip you up. And 
trying to make people realize that as soon as you hear it, like Drifter always says, you have to shut it down. It has to be immediate. You have to have the strength to turn around and say to it, excuse my French, fuck off. You're doing me no yeah. favors. Yeah, go ahead. I think almost I think almost everybody has failed at moderation one time or another. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to moderate everything. I've tried to moderate methamphetamines. I've tried to moderate cocaine. I tried to, to moderate alcohol. The other night, Jamie put some mentos, you know, those little like they're sour type yeah. little candies. And I was just going to like, because I'm trying to count my calories and watch my calories. And I was just going to have a couple of those while I drive, right? <laughs> and it, I couldn't even, mod- I couldn't even uh, moderate a friggin' momento or mentos. The friggin' candies were gone like in 30 minutes, the whole friggin' thing. So, and then I was like, oh, wow. This is exactly what moderation does to you, you know. Because <laughs> then once you fall, you go all in. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's like um, people who go on a diet and don't have any sugar in there, and then all of a sudden they have sugar. So it's then they start this craving for it. It's like right. anything you you deny yourself of the moment you get a taste for it, you want more and more and more. And. Um, but Drift, I was going to say, Drifter, you mentioned about um, Laura's post last week about moderation. Uh, we're on the same timeline. We're on sort of six and a half months. And it, it does seem that a lot of people around this stage, I mean, I used to, uh, what, 13 months down the line, but it, you might cast your mind back, you might remember this, but people on this six-month timeline, we all do seem to be having this sort of a nagging thought of it, you know, romanticizing about the moderation it's, it's rearing its little head and what laura put on last week was, was interesting to see the results um, there's loads of comments people coming back and saying they've tried and they're also having the same thoughts so i think it's quite common really for um for people at our stage um, of the process to sort of be coming up against now it is very sneaky i mean i've i've got five different examples of moderation i i've dealt with four of them i've brushed them away I put them to bed. I'm still stuck on number five. Um, that that will come. Um, I'm dealing that. I'm dealing that as we speak. I mean, as I said, the, the first one for me um, was trying to do the one or two uh, drinks. That I know is not going to happen. Uh, if I ever drink again, God forbid, I won't. But if I do, I'll be drinking to get drunk. That that I know for a fact. So that one's out the window. I've dealt with that. I don't get no little voice saying to me, "Go on, have one or two. Because I know I can't. So I bet the voice doesn't appear. Um, mm-hmm. So that is done. And then when I restarted uh, my attempt to quit again um, in the new year, just after the new year, um, I thought, you know, this is good. I've, I've gone five weeks without drinking. Then one, What if I could do in the future five weeks no drinking, one week on, five weeks off, one week on? That was my thought then of moderation. I thought, I can do that. I'd be happy with that because I've gone 20 years drinking seven days a week. If I can have five weeks on, one week off, let's do that. That was my next thought of moderation uh, That for the next sort of two weeks, really. Um, on my second cycle of quitting. But as I embraced sobriety over the coming weeks, that, that thought diminished because I was enjoying myself so much with sobriety that that, that thought faded away. I just knew that if I did have that form of moderation, then I knew I'd probably try and squeeze five weeks worth of drinking into one week. 
And I knew then that maybe five weeks would turn, five weeks sober would turn into four weeks sober. And then four weeks sober would turn into three weeks sober, et cetera. But that was my other form of moderating. I know people who do this as well. I know there's alcoholics on, on the app, and I know someone in, in my life who does this as well. They'll go for like two months sober. Then, man, they'll smash it out for like two, they'll go missing for two weeks. They'll just be on a bottle of vodka a day and they'll go and hide and binge. Then they'll be back sort of two months sober again. So that is a form of moderation, which something I had the idea of initially, but that soon got quashed when I, I sort of got into my sobriety. So that was level two for me, which I, I got rid of. So, yeah, that, that's another form, which I, I got rid of that one. It's still an alcohol. People, it's still classed as an alcoholic, even though you're not drinking every day. The yeah. fact that when you start to drink, you have no control over it. Once you've put the first drink in your mouth, you've lost total control over how much you're going to drink. Mm-hmm. Once, you, once you have that, then you definitely are alcohol dependent. It doesn't matter whether it happens once every month, once every two months, or yeah, even, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's still the same. You disappear for two weeks and drink mm-hmm. yourself stupid. You've got a problem yeah. with alcohol. Um I would, have been happy with, I would have been happy with one week of drinking then five weeks off. I would have been happy with that at the time. I, I think would have, I would have, have bit your right arm for that kind of moderation. But now and I'm, if, that, yeah. I'm that quite quick. If you talk to a lot of people, I mean, the amount of women in the app and um, in the groups who say they would love to be able to sit and just have one glass of wine at the end of the day. Pointless. But they know full well it's not going to happen. Pointless. One glass of wine is just not satisfying. It's got to be the no. whole bottle and then into the second bottle. Yeah. And you were saying about the six-month thing coming up to that one. Yeah. I think because and what, I'm, uh, what I've been reading from other people is you get into this six-month period and you've gone through all that enthusiasm of giving up, Getting into all mm. your quit lit, mm. getting into all your podcasts, etc., yeah. and you get exhausted. You do. You're right, hundred percent. You get. And, you do. And when you get into that six month um, post that um, that Laura did, I mean, it was really it exposed uh, how everybody's you know being romanticized by these thoughts as they uh, at they're at that level. But it still then it even goes on to a year. Look at me. I was nine years sober and it still got me. So moderation, yeah. those thoughts can get you at any level, you know. And you still get that, yeah? Yeah. Um, one of the other, one of our other ladies, she was also nine years sober like Drifter was. And she fell off the wagon and she tried this. She tried the moderation and it was like, OK, it's five o'clock. I can I can now have a drink. It's, it's five o'clock on Friday. I can now have a drink. Yeah, and gradually over the space of a couple of weeks, it starts to be like, okay, have I, it starts early in the morning. Okay, have I got enough wine for five o'clock this afternoon? Um, am I going to be able to have a drink before I go out? Are we going out? Have I got a drive? It becomes a huge mentally exhausting conversation with yourself. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's an like I say, it's obsessive because. When you're trying to moderate like that, it's in the morning, you're getting up and you're thinking, okay, let's uh, get till three o'clock. I'm not going to have a drink until three o'clock. At three o'clock, I can have a drink. Okay. And then you're watching the clock and it's 2.30 and you're thinking, okay, if I open it now, but not pour it till three o'clock. And it's just this fight with yourself constantly. 
yeah. It's just not worth it. Um, yeah. And pe- I praise anyone who can moderate their drinking, as we call them normies. Yeah, exactly. People, people who, like you say, can go and have a meal, share a bottle of wine, and then have coffee, go home, and that's it, finished, done. Weird. They don't even think. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. And <laughs> uh, Drifter is now in a truck, going to try and keep up alongside the train. He's been running alongside us for the first 15 minutes. I, I don't know how many other sober or how many other podcasts do this. This is crazy. But, this is just mental. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. And that's that's sober town. We're crazy. Right? And look, and we're not even when we put this up, we're not going to spend like 20 hours trying to edit this, all this sound out no. stuff. We're raw and filtered. We're in trucks. We're on Can-Ams. We're uh, hell, well, wherever we need to be to get the message across to the alcoholic still was- suffering. Shiki was running drunk. I still that just blows my mind, you know. <laughs> How did you do that? Seriously, right? I've got to say that absolutely everything in my life has improved. Yeah, seems like mm-hmm. apart from the running, my running's got worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. I'm telling you, I'm not advertising to run drunk, but my running's got worse. <laughs> because you can feel everything now, can't you? When you're running drunk, you can't feel. I'm out the pain. Just run. You're right. Does, oh, does say that tot- again. Your running has gotten worse. worse. <laughs> yes, mate. Yeah, everything in my life has improved apart from my running. I can't work it out. I don't know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting. I'll put it down to age. I'm putting it down to. I'm getting older. Okay. So when I was running marathons, that was like. My last marathon was three years ago, so I've aged in three years. I'll put it down to the age rather than the, uh, the lack of You do of much age. running. Are you still doing much running? Um, Pre-COVID, I was running, yeah, all the time. I was, I've been marathon training for the last 12 years. I'm always mm-hmm. running marathons. Um, because of COVID, my, I'm one of the only jobs in the world where I was, I was flat out working. I've got DIY shops. I was working all the time. I, I stopped running for about a year, and I started again pretty much when I got sober. I slightly run again. I'm trying. I'm trying to train for next year's marathon. But as I said, it's got worse. It's, I'm really struggling. It's bizarre. Do you think? Yeah. It's do you think bizarre. some of it is the the after effects of the COVID? Because a lot of people have said no, they feel tired. No, I don't think it is. No, I think it's when you're used to running sort of 17, 18 miles in one go at relative ease, and then you stop that for a year, you lose that like the. the building blocks like the foundations of, in, in your legs mm-hmm. so it's just starting again really but it's yeah it's not that good but it's getting the motivation again isn't it i mean I've got I, that. I just haven't got the legs for it i don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. and um, in the uk there's a huge culture around for the american soccer for the uk guys they the football seasons and that and well into the football season and there's a huge drinking culture around football, isn't there, in the UK? It's it, it, that, yeah. it goes with it. And we just had those big football game, the big football matches to do with the uh, UEFA, uh, the, the Euro. And everybody's place to go to watch it was the pub. It's always been the pub. The pub is almost like the community centre in the UK. 
it's where everybody goes for anything, isn't it? The pub. Last time I was in a pub, actually, in the UK, I didn't drink. And that was a surprise to me. <laughs> so so um, would you, if you went into that kind of, when you were in that, sorry, when you were in that kind of atmosphere in the pub, yeah. was there any thought of moderating? Was it in the pub, watching the soccer um, football, get drunk? For us, um, when it comes to the England games, that's like a family affair. Yep. Um, we have all the family around. There's aunts, uncles, nans, granddads, children, the nieces, nephews. It's a family thing. Um, so we don't go to the pub. We share houses, whose house we go around. If it's someone in my team, then I might go to the pub with my friends, which I've not tried that yet. But for the Euros, it was a family occasion. And it was it was weird. I, I didn't think, I didn't really want to drink. I mean, I, I didn't really even think about having a drink, to be fair, until maybe the final. Um, during those games, I, I, said, I didn't want to drink, but something was missing. It was it was strange, but in a nice way, really, because I was feeling the excitement and the nerves and the tensions naturally without getting them drowned out. And I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the football focused and clear and taking the game in and watching the men go down like fairies. <laughs> it was better to watch. Um, you got into the game a lot easier. Um, so that the moderation didn't really come into it then. Um, it was nice. I, I, I did enjoy it. I mean, uh, on the first game, um, we were setting the house up for everyone to come round. I mean, I was, the game was at two o'clock in the afternoon. My wife was, Natalie, she was getting the, all the food ready and I was getting all the spare chairs out on the tables, making the house ready for people. And she started drinking gin uh, and, and gin tea at half past 12. And that was, that was more than acceptable. So this, this, the first game of the Euros was, was like Christmas Day. Like, there's no rules there. You can sort of drink anytime you want. Like, it really upset mm-hmm. my anxiety. And I was getting the stuff, I just stopped and looked at her. I looked at her drink and I thought, wow, mate, I'd be drinking like now. I'd be drinking like, it would have been a, a whole day of beer fest. I just stopped and looked at her drinking a drink and I thought, wow, this is, that's what's missing. This is weird. Um, but then everyone came around and we, um, we watched the game. I, I was conscious of the fact I wasn't drinking. I was, I was, I was, it, was, it was strange. But then at half time, one of my aunties um, they brought around like a, a big chocolate cake that she made. And at half time, normally I'd be whizzing around getting drinks for everyone, getting my own drink ready for the next half, etc. But I found myself at half time just cutting the cake. Who wants to get a cake, you know? Dishing the cake out. And then I was in the I found myself at the half time of this massive game in the garden with my mum, having a cup of coffee and a bit of chocolate cake, talking about how nice the grass looked and, <laughs> and, showing, and, and showing her my raspberry plants I planted last week. You know, it's, it's nice. I, I, I was pinching myself. Yeah. It, it, biggest game in, in, in years and I was in the garden talking to it was nice it was nice I liked it I, it was nice and so yeah, no moderation came into my mind really during the year apart from the final I thought I could really have a drink or a fag or fucking anything to be fair <laughs> during the mm-hmm. game but um no but the, my, my, I was gonna say to you probably I, I, I picked off like five stages of moderation which I'm dealing with I'm on number number five but my third one was which always crossed my mind in the early days was weekends if I can just drink weekends that was that was the other right the in Saturday dressed in weekend clothes um mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the one even even a Sunday a Sunday for, for good measure but I mean my wife Natalie, she she's done that all the time for years she's a binge drinker she drinks weekends and she can handle it and she work all week without drinks so good luck to her that, 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 that's fine and I've, I've tried to do that in the, in the past if I could do that in the past then I would and I'd still be doing it now but obviously I can't so the the, the thought of, do, of doing that has always crossed my mind in the early stages can I get to weekends can I get to weekends but then my, my sober mind again quashed that thought because 
I've enjoyed my Saturday and Sunday morning so much that I don't want to give up those sober weekends as much as I'm, I might like drinking on a Friday and Saturday night. I, I so I enjoy my Saturday mornings and my Sunday mornings so much that those thoughts got put to bed as well. So that, that was number three for me and my moderation. That, that was another form of moderating, which if people can do that and they don't work Saturday, then good luck to them. I, I've got no problem with people do. They can do Fridays and Saturday nights and never drink during the week, then again, good luck to you. Do you know what I mean? But I, again, I, 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 I think my weekends are too precious to go down that route. So that was number three for me out of the way. I, uh, I remember my first husband used to play darts and it was always Friday night down the pub darts and that was the only night he went out to drink was friday night in um he used to play soccer football uh saturday and soccer, sunday come on, soccer, uh, <laughs> football soccer um he used to play in the saturday sunday leagues at the the amateurs and um, proper, proper football yeah oh my god yeah kick your shins away in that one <laughs> you the shit out of each other see these people don't realize it used to be a man's game it is a man's game still when played it, in the right way he was a goalkeeper so that tells oh, yeah. you what it yeah, was. It's a nutty one. It's and a he was a player. good yeah he was a good one but it was always the culture was into the pub after the game yeah, well, yeah, always, yes. So that yes. was Saturday night and then Sunday. And then once he'd finished with the football, it was Friday night. So, I mean, he was a moderate drinker for a lot of years because that was the culture. It was just And like, he wouldn't drink during the week? No, wouldn't drink at home. He didn't go to the pub or anything in the week. No. But those then, people, are the, they're the normal people. Yeah. But then, right. but then they're not like us where we have these problems. Mm. No, mm. but then mm. alcohol became a lot more readily available to buy in supermarkets, etc. And barbecues at home took off because we never used to have barbecues in the UK. Yeah, Those man. took off, I would yeah. say, within the last 20, 25 years, yeah, 20, yeah. 25 years or so. So drinking at home became yeah. a thing. And I think that's where a lot of us got into trouble with drinking was it was so readily that's available the U, that's to drink. the uk though right but there's a lot of drinking here actually at home it's what happens yeah. here as well when i grew up around here uh 18 was the legal age to drink in colorado and i i lived right on the border so i i would go over to grand junction colorado and we would just tear the town up mm-hmm. so th- and that's when we started drinking at 18 but with moderation i've tried to do the weekends just the last three years of my drinking, I tried everything. Okay, I'm all, I'm not going to drink during the work week, and I'll only drink on my day off. Or I switched from alcohol to vodka. And I did all these crazy scenarios, and not one thing worked. So just the last six months, my oldest son, with his moderation, he was telling me how he was learning how to moderate, and he's really witty. He's got some really good plans you know, to moderate. He even had a counselor helping him to moderate. And you know what? It all failed to where now he's like, moderation doesn't work, you know? It's, it's difficult. Yeah, unless you're a normal one. I mean, like I say, to your, to your husband, Polly, I mean, like, if, he's, if he can do that, then let's face it, we would all like to do that, wouldn't we? I'd, I'd love to be able to drink Friday and Saturday nights, really. Mm. Um, but we can't. So that's, that's ruled out of my mind. It's a generational thing as well. We've moved into another generation. That was a generation where you went to work all week and you went down the pub with the guys on the weekend. 
You know, yeah, that was, right. you know, if you were at work, the pub was the weekend place. And that was a generational thing. And this, the new generation is alcohol is advertised heavily. It's readily available. And there's no encourage, there's no encouragement to moderate at all. Um, and it, it's, it's a lifestyle that is being pushed on people now. Mm. It's, it's a complete lifestyle. And I know this isn't the right time to take a break, but we're going to take a quick break um, while uh, there's something, there's an article I want to find that comes from AA. So while we take a quick break, I'll find this article and we'll be back in a minute. Well, hello, folks. We're back uh, with our special guests on this uh, podcast talking about moderations. Uh, we have Shiki and we have Drifter. Drifter, pa, you talked about moderation well, just before. I, now. I, I think moderation, I know, it's like I'm sitting here, oh, man, pull these thoughts out of my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking well, about how dangerous moderation is, and I think it's one of the most dangerous of all the different um, ways that we're attacked because moderation is real sneaky. It gets behind your defenses and it plants seed. Hey, can we do this? Can we do that? And these, and then it gets roots and they grow. And sometimes it just becomes this big friggin' mind fuck that just consumes you that. Yeah. Now I can moderate. I was telling you guys that on the break about one of the, I've been through three different inpatient rehabs. And me and this one friend went through a rehab together. Well, we became friends in the rehab. And then when we got out, we got jobs and we became, you know, normal people. And we started beating each other with the thoughts that we could moderate. And we went out and we got smashed. And it was like within six hours, I had a DUI, a drunken driving ticket, and I was back in jail. So that's how fast moderation Mm -hmm. kicked my ass that time. Mm, it's true. It's, yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And there are there are people out there peddling moderation for people um, who've got alcohol dependency. And it's it, it's not to me personally, it's not possible. Um, well, you, well, we were just talking about that club soda there in the UK with the lady that's on there and oh. she's selling her services to teach people how to moderate. Yeah, there's actually a, a, a thing in the States here called moderation management. Uh, it was started by a lady um, and they claim to help people who've had alcohol dependency moderate their drinking. Here's the thing. The lady that started it actually fell off the wagon and drove drunk, killing a guy <laughs> and his 12-year-old daughter. Oh, no kidding. That's how it's moderation... Horrible. Yeah, it's, you know, it's... The drawbacks, I mean, I'm looking at moderation management, people who commit to it. It's a full-time job. Yes. Hey, Shiki, Shiki she's cheating. She's got all these friggin' screens up. <laughs> and, and you and I got to use memory. We just get a look at each other. Excuse me, I'm not an expert. And I've said all along, I'm not an expert. I'm just someone who is a recovering alcohol-dependent person looking for every of, answer I can. Yeah. That's all of we're, us. We're, and not, we're all yeah, looking we're not for experts. answers. We're looking for answers, reasons, whatever. We're not looking for answers and reasons to start drinking again. We're looking for answers and reasons to help us stay off the alcohol, to not yeah. drink again, because we have committed to not drinking. Um, 
people say, don't ever say never. Well, yeah, never say never, but I've got mm. a fear of ever drinking again, not never drinking again. And this, this scares me because they claim that people who previously had an issue with alcohol, even those who have joined AA, can moderate their drinking. Nope. The drawback is, that, and it says here, many people who struggle with heavy or unhealthy alcohol use or alcohol use disorder who try to moderate come to realize that abstinence is the only option. Um, one of the things that we all, um, the majority of us had when we were drinking is um, you can't think clearly. You're constantly tired. The anxiety and um, no. what did I do last yeah. night, the memory, you know, all that kind of thing. It's just too much. And I did a post today where I talked about the relief from letting go of the burden of alcohol is humongous to those of us who've let go of alcohol because we just could not moderate. How freeing did you two guys feel after you'd finally made that decision that I can't do this anymore? What, Steve, can't moderate or just can't drink? Or can't drink anymore. Look, moderation has never worked for <laughs> someone like me. Period. Yeah, it's if I take one drink of any or or do any chemical, that just takes all of my my guards down. And I'm going to be like you were that one day, Shiki. Yeah. It went from two to three to four to your smash. But in, then I don't stop in. because then I'm going to be, uh, then I'm gone. <laughs> you just never know where this shit's going to take you if you want to open up that door. And the only way I think that we can really do it is shut those damn thoughts down and don't yep. let them grow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my other, my other um, stage um, of moderation was it came pretty much when Laura put that post on there because I've been mm. out for a meal with friends, me and Nancy and another couple. Um, they were drinking during the meal, obviously, apart from myself. Uh, the, who was with Craig? He's not a big drinker, but he had, I think, four pints all night. So not a big drink, not much at all, to be fair. Um, two girls were both drinking wine. Went to the pub first, then to the restaurant. Um, I wasn't drinking, but I just, I didn't want to drink. Uh, I didn't have a craving for drinking, but it wasn't really something was missing. Do you know what I mean? There's something's not letting me enjoy myself for some reason. Uh, it's not being boring, but that put me on then to my next thoughts of moderation, which was the fourth stage. And I then started saying to myself, could I maybe just have the drinks when I'm out? Not every weekend. Now that's gone. That's stage three. That's like thinking about drinking every weekend is now gone. It's now a stage of, can I drink just when I'm out, you know, just on an occasion, going out for a meal. Can I have a couple of drinks to enchant the evening just to sort of maybe loosen me up and enjoy myself some more. So that was the thinking I've been having around about probably about three or four weeks ago. Can I do this? I'm going, we've got friends around for barbecue. Can I have a few? I might get drunk, but you know, and then let's not do it again for three or four weeks. Can I, can I moderate to that effect just when, I'm out. I've dealt with that now. I think pretty much after Laura's post, I looked at all, of it, all the comments and I sort of, I've gone past that stage now because I just knew that if I do that to just when I go out, I'll then be sort of, where do I draw the line? I'm out now. Right, let's have a drink. I'm just popped around the friends out. I'm out. Let's have a drink. It'll gradually go on. I think it'll go from 
an evening out having a meal one night and then sort of it'll just get more and more diluted to every time I step out the front door, I'm out, let's have a drink, I'm, I'm out, I'm at football, let's have a drink. So I know that can't be done as well. I know I can't put it down to just moderate in the sense of just when I'm out. So I've, I've got through that one as well. I'm, I'm, I'm over that. That's, 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 that's the fourth one. But you're over it. That's the thing, Shiki. You're over, over it for right over now. It. Yeah, you've, you've also what you've also done with it is you've taken it, you've examined it, and you've yeah, looked at it. all the consequences of yeah. if you did it. So once you've done all that and you've come to all your conclusions, I told you it's a full time job. It's exhausted. It's mental gymnastics because these thoughts are going to that that moderation thoughts are they're going to sneak their way back in yeah they're going to plant seeds again and it may be five years down the road shiki and it may be or 10 years for me it was nine years when and i didn't have a foundation like we're building now we're all building really mm. good foundations mm-hmm. yeah those thoughts they're sneaky they grow roots and then they just pop out at that one opportune time where you got to make that decision mm. what am i going to do we're bombarded with all the ads right. on TV, right? We're bombarded with our friends, our spouses, with everybody. And then, um, so all of that is going to hit us. And the next thing you know, that one wrong time is going gonna, is gonna to pop up and, and boom, you're yeah. a victim. Oh, I don't ever want to be a victim again. And here's something I want to raise because one of the ladies uh, raised it when I, um, because I threw this out to a lot of people because um, I wanted to get a, quite a bit of feedback on moderation and how other people felt about it, how they dealt with it, et cetera. And I was reminded of Alan Carr. Um, yes. I don't know. She, the pitcher Legend. plant. The pitcher plant. And I will read to you what Alan Carr put. And Alan Carr is an author um, who writes quite a few books about addiction. And he wrote, have you heard of the pitcher plant? It's a deadly meat-eating plant native to India, Madagascar, and Australia. Imagine you are walking by a Krispy Kreme donut shop and you smell donuts frying. It's hard to resist the smell of donuts. A pitcher plant is a bit like, well, this that says Krispy Kreme. But if you use the analogy of uh, beer or whatever, you can put whatever you, the unexpected bumblebee flying through the woods suddenly you fly blissfully through perfumed air right the smell Mm -hmm. and then you start uh your tummy starts to rumble or in our case your mouth starts to water for the taste of a beer or a whiskey or something and you fly closer to the plant because it looks delicious it smells great but you don't notice the slippery slope at your feet and suddenly you begin to slide into the pitcher plant. And because all you're noticing is the intoxicating nectar, you're not seeing the trap that's closing in around you. And you feel like, okay, I can do this and I can take this nectar and I can fly out at any time I like. And then you think, as most drinkers do, that you're in control and you can leave the plant at any time. Eventually, the slope becomes very steep and the daylight seems further away as darkness closes in around you. Back you in stop, the trap. Yes, you stop drinking just enough to see dead floating bodies of others around you. 
and you realize you're not enjoying a drink, you're drinking the juice of other dead dissolving. You are the drink. So yeah, that's the old Annie, expression. Annie Grace, Annie Grace talks a lot about the pitcher plant too. Yeah, because she is, and it is a trap. Yeah, she she talked she she got it from Alan Carr, and it's what is the expression? You take a drink, and then the drink takes you. And it's yeah, true. It's good expression. Yeah. Because once you've taken that first drink, the drinks took you. It's got you. You're hooked again, and it only takes one sip. I I always say no sippy, no slippy, and people laugh, but it's true because I cannot have one sip of alcohol. Like you said, Steve, you can't have one drink. It has to no. be a shed load. Yeah, it's no point. It's no point having one. I don't see the point. You know, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to get wasted. What Enough. about you, so I, can't have, so I can't have one. I can't mm-hmm. have one. Well, I'm, I'm not going to have one because I've proven to myself that I can't. So now is what I have to do is I have to prepare myself, even with all the experience that I have over all these years, that I could be blindsided. Something traumatic could happen in my life and I could be blindsided. And then those things, even moderation, you know, my wife is going, she's flying across the country to see her mom the other day. We're talking about it, and it all these sudden these thoughts started hitting my mind that, hey, nobody will know. Nobody will know if you go take a drink. And I took that thought, and I slammed it right up against the wall in that bedroom, and I'm like, bullshit. I know what this thought is. And we have to do the same thing with these moderation thoughts. Mm. When they come in and they sneak in on us, and they, they're going to be real tiny, real subtle, those are dangerous thoughts because they grow. Yeah, and honesty, that's what you were talking about there, honesty, being honest with yourself, being able to look at yourself. And honesty and moderation go together because if you're totally honest with yourself, you know, like you said, see, one drink is not enough. You're honest in that. So when you're honest in that, it helps you work your way through. And like Drifter said, shut it down. It's You you have to because – and Todd – put it he did um a blog about no he did it in his podcast with you drifter where he talked about trying to moderate and how exhausted he became trying to moderate it was it was a battle a constant battle and now he just remembers the pain of it and that's what keeps him sober now teasing yourself yeah, it, and it is a teaser voice. It's, um, it, it's like I just said earlier, it's insidious. It, and it's like you said, it wears a different suit or a different set of clothes each time. The football. Well, I wonder what it'd be like having a beer with the football. Mm-hmm. You know, it's wearing its little sporty clothes or a nice suit and tie when you go out for a meal. Well, I'll tell you where it's at now. I mean, like, so I'm, I'm on the Come on, number five. Not, yeah. Number five. I've not quite, I've not got over this one yet. And this is the one with the voice. He's, uh, he's changed. He's put his party clothes on now. Um, ah. I've got, I've got through all the rest of them. Um, sort of stage I'm at now is like special occasions, maybe. Now, let's put this in a, a definition. Like, I, I'm not a gambler. I've never gambled. I don't particularly like gambling. Um, but I'll have a five on the Grand National every year. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a gambler, 
but I'm not a gambler, but I'll buy a couple of lottery tickets if it's a rollover every now and again. Okay, so that's, my, that's me gambling. Now, the voice is saying, come on, you can do this. You know, you can be a non-drinker, but you can have a sherry at Christmas. Yeah, you, you can be a non-drinker, but you can have a glass of champagne at a wedding. Yeah, so it's the same sort of thing as my gambler. <laughs> as a gambler, mm-hmm. I can be sort of pass over in, into my drinking. And that's the force. That's the force I'm having now. Can I do that? I mean, a lot of us like in England now, we've got, and we, we spoke about it on the app, we've got some festivals coming up, we've got concerts coming up. Um, I'm pretty fair, I'm a bit old for festivals, but I'm, I go to the same one every year. Um, and that is a festival that's just going to be surrounded by drink and, and drugs, to be fair, which most festivals are. Um, that's coming up in September. Um, Glastonbury? No, it's not actually. There's, there's too many young people there for that one. <laughs> this is, um, <laughs> this is uh, it's, it's one that, um, it's called Clockwork Orange. It's yeah. like a dance festival, like house music, dance music, garage music, mm-hmm. which uh, is, is aimed at like the over forties market. So it's like of sort of old school midlife ravers there, just sort of having a good time. Uh, we've been to a couple; mm-hmm. they're, they're good. But like I say, it is an event which is just goes hand in hand with drink, and a lot of people still do a lot of drugs there as well. Um, and that's coming up in September. And I can't get that one out of my mind. I'm thinking, look, it's it's fucking once, one once a year. Um, can I be a non-drinker but go to one festival year and have this drink and then not drink again and maybe until Christmas? I'm a non-drinker, but I'll have a drink at Christmas. And I'm a non-drinker, but I'll have a drink on my birthday. And I'm thinking to myself, well, the voice is telling me, should I say, I'm thinking there's probably five occasions. Now, I'm not talking about having one or two drinks. I'm not talking about weekends. I'm not talking about just when I go out. I'm now talking about, I've narrowed, I've narrowed it right down now. So just literally a handful of occasions a year. <clears throat> now that to me is moderation in a massive form. Having five drinks a year. Uh, if someone had said I could do that a year ago, Jesus Christ! I mean, I'd, I'd, you know, again, I'd bite your hand off for that one. That's the thought process I'm sort of up against at the moment, and my voice is saying to me, "Come on, this, you know, once a year, do it." That's where I am now. It's I've got rid of all the other thoughts. They've all gone. I've gradually got through them and, and beaten their moderation, their moderation force. But number five is still there, and I'm working on it. I'm, I can't lie to you. It's still there in my head, and it's saying to me, you're going to the festival, just have a drink that one day, then don't drink for four months. This is your well, mind. You know this is your mind. Mind, voice, tell it, call it what you want. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's trying. This is your mind, and it's, it's the old argument that a lot of us have had with ourselves. And it does because, and here we go with an exhaustive argument because you know full well this isn't going to be five times a year Christmas, a festival, your birthday, the wife's birthday, the wedding anniversary, Mm -hmm. five. Five, then yeah, you got so your you best got, mates, got, then you got your best mates' big birthday, and then a wedding, yeah, and then a wedding. Um, and then oh, look. Someone graduated, or mm-hmm, so was that, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. it's the picture plant. Your it's discipline, yeah, mm. and it is discipline, and it's it's thinking back to the last time you sat there with your head in your hands, thinking, "I can't fucking do this anymore. I just can't fucking do it," because you know full well that you'll go to that festival, and then you'll be sat there the next morning thinking, "What the fuck did I just throw away?" <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Is that that is the thing that that keeps you going? Really, you don't want to lose that streak. You know, it's, you know, you don't want to lose that six, well, seven, eight. This is this is the perfect 
example of what we're talking about. Yes. How insidious that voice is, uh, Shiki, because here you are. It's just trying to get you to agree. After all the shit you've been through, it's just trying to get you to agree to one day out of one year. And that's all it wants. Because if it can get you, and this is your voice, and it's a pathway. I don't know if you're into the neural plasticity. Do you ever look into that, Shiki? Pathways? No, no. No. um, So our brains, they're like plastic, and this is science. And so we have these neural pathways that are going in and out. And you've got a neural pathway that's for it for alcohol. And it's really strong because you've got like billions of pathways in your mind. And you've got this one damn pathway pathway in your mind that's trying to convince you that you can take one drink of every year. Mm. And so it's something that you're really going to have to. And I'm glad you're here and talking about this, mm-hmm. yeah. Shiki, because you're not the only one. That's right. That's correct. I'm not. No, and a I think lot that's of the best part about these- it. Yeah, I think the best part about about all these things that we are doing, and we need to bring you into one of our groups actually, because I think you it, the, the support there will be amazing for you. Um, is that we find out we are not alone; that there mm. are other people around yes. who can support us and give us say, look, and remind us that this is. This is the alcohol voice. This is this little, like you say, he's put his party clothes on now. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's took his he's took his his, his sporting gear off because the football was finished for a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. know, <laughs> he's yeah, got his party right. clothes on now. He's trying to convince you another way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, what, I, I what go ahead, Drifter. What are we going to do about this voice? Is the thing. I mean, we know it. We know it's here. We know it's trying to convince us that we can drink once a year. So then what do we do about it so that we don't end up inside the pitcher plant? Well, like I say, I mean, I've dealt with the previous four. I've I've gone from drinking one or two. I've gone from the binge drinking. I've gone from weekends only. I've gone from only drinking where I'm at. I've dealt with those four. This is where I'm at. This is my, my, my process at the moment. This is stage where I'm at, I've got to say to you, the thing is, I don't even feel like drinking. I don't crave a drink. I don't. But it's just that feeling of going to like somewhere like a festival or concert and just just feeling not right. That's what it is. It's dealing with that feeling. It's dealing with that empty feeling. And and when you look on sort of the six-month timeline, you speak to other people, there's a lot of people at that sort of stage. They, they're not drunk for six months. They're not, they're not having a drink for six months. But it's dealing with a sick situation where you still maybe don't want to drink but something's not right do you know what I mean you sort of you've got to get used to a new life because this is a new life and it's the and it's back to the FOMO fear of missing out are you going to have such a good time at this festival if you're not um, drinking actually you'll probably have an even better time than you've ever had before and you will be sitting watching people passing out and missing yeah, a hell of a lot. Yeah. They'll miss well, a hell of a lot of it. There is, <clears throat> I've got a plan. I've already planning for it anyway. I mean, like I said, I've planned for everything for the last six months. Everything that's come up, I've planned for it. I've managed to work it out, figured it out, and got on with it and without drinking. So it will be okay. But what, what I've planned so far is we've got another festival the week before. Got really, because of COVID, these two festivals got rescheduled to September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they're both similar festivals, but the one one of them I be for classics weekends. You can imagine what that's like, okay? Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah. They're, they're now back to back. <laughs> week, like one's on a Friday, one's on the following Saturday. And Natalie says she can't do both of them like two on the trot. I said, no, don't worry, I'm not doing that. It's too much. So if I hang about, I don't drink, so I can do both if I want to. So what what we're going to do? We're going to go to the first one, which is local. I'm going to drive down. Now, I might even have a 17-year-old daughter who's got some spare tickets. Um, we're just going to go down there for a couple of hours. It's an all-night all event. We might just go down there for a couple of hours, two or three hours, and I'm going to get a taste for it. I'm going to sort of, you know, get into the music with my wife, have a walk around, go to different, the different tents, etc. taking the atmosphere. Knowing I'm only going to be there for a couple of hours. So I've got already, before I go to the main one, the following week, I've already got an inside view, a little taster of what, it's going to be like, you might think, yeah, I can do this. I can get into the music. I can have a little dance, a bit of sober dancing. If I think I can get into it and I'm going to enjoy it, then the following week, it'll be a piece of cut. I can do it. But if I go down to the first one and I think, mate, this, I can't do this, this is shit. I don't like it. Then I'm afraid that probably it'll be plan B. I won't actually go to the festival. I don't want to not do that. I want to don't, that is my last resort. I don't want to miss out on the festival. But I think if I go to the first one and I feel I can't do it sober the following week, then I won't go. And that that, that is going to be the last resort. Because I want to go. That'll be the last resort. I don't want to come to that stage of my life. I'm turning down events. Well, how far down energy. How far down the road is that, Shiki, these festivals? September. So another two months yet, mate. So, I mean, I challenge you in that yeah. time. To mm. there because and, and anybody out there this because there's some people that have to go to engagements, um, there we got to plan for these events because we don't just want to sit in the four walls of our home Correct. and just yeah exactly right. We we yeah. got to get out there and we got to enjoy life. Yeah, but I mean at the same time I think we have to know who we are in our identity. Look, Shiki, you've been to these events and you posted about it where like the lady that was um, asked, oh, you still don't drink? And you turn it around and you're like, oh, yeah. are you still drinking, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and that poor lady, you blew her mind up and was crying later that night, right? Yeah, right, that's right, yeah. I've got <laughs> but that was, that but here's the chat. thing, that, that night, that night, oh, you'd, oh, that was a Zoom. I'm glad I got yeah, to hear that. Then. Mm -hmm. I'm going to post that but, one day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to have that, that mentality that you had, that mindset that you had that day, Shiki. That's mm. what you've got to wear into these other events. And we can't be, we can't be wishy-washy like, um, well, I, I'm going to go fill this out. We go in there. We own what we are. We know our identity. And I, I say we go in as lighthouses and, and yeah. we show other people that we can do this, that we can mm -hmm. have fun That's it. and we don't need the fucking poison. Period. That's it. That's it. And, That's and, it. and you, you, you are actually practicing what Drifter preaches, which yeah. is act. You are aware. You are practicing act. You've already done it four times with four different mm. occasions, like, yeah. uh, and worked your way through it. You, you were aware you, um, it's, it's awareness, uh, confrontation, is it? No, Drifter. It's act. Aware. Uh, awareness, clarify. Confr clarify, that's it. And then turn around. You were aware of the situation. You clarified it and you turned it around. Yeah, so yes, it, yeah, yeah. 
Drifter does it all of a sudden. You know, he as soon as he's aware of it, he clarifies it. He turns it around. So you work your way through it. We all do it in different ways. Um, I have to work my way through things as well. I'm not as fast as him. He's Speedy Gonzalez, him. Well, I think um, that Annie, Annie Grace has been teaching this act. Um, she's the one who who uh, created it. Yep. And she's the one who teaches it. And it's just a really good method because you're becoming aware of what's happening. Then you're clarifying all your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then you turn that shit around. I mean, I go as far as going into what's going to happen a week later if I have to. Mm -hmm. If it's a really strong one, like the one the other night, I was able to recognize what it is and slam it up against the wall really quick. I'm out of breath because I just jacked up this trailer. But um, the longer also, we're on, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Um, when I first started practicing confronting my thoughts, it was really difficult. It took a lot of effort and it was day in, day out, especially when I'm driving, being attacked by these thoughts. And I would have to just stop my mind, think about it and then go through the process. Awareness, yeah. clarify, turn around. So here I am using it about eight, nine months later. And because our brain builds new pathways, right? Like um, playing soccer. You didn't know how to bounce that ball, but eventually you practice, learn how to bounce the ball. You'll probably always know how to bounce the ball now. Or typing, or playing the guitar, or piano. It takes a lot of effort to learn whatever you learn. But once you learn, that pathway is created. And then your subconscious takes over. So here I am now, when I get these thoughts, my subconscious has taken over. And I really don't even have to mess with them, except hmm. sometimes like the big ones, like, oh, Mrs. Drifter's leaving town. <laughs> you can do this. Mm -hmm. You can sneak one. And then I shut that shit down. So um, it takes a lot of effort. You don't just... Um, like I was telling my son on the one podcast that him and I did, you can't just sit down at a, at a, at a keyboard and learn how to type like you're two years into it. It takes a lot of effort. It yeah, I know. That. I'm, I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. And, and that's and that sobriety. And that's confronting the stupid little fucking voice. And is what sucks is we got a voice that we got to confront with our alcohol. Then now I've got one that wants to eat all the friggin' cookies in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that one. Yeah, I've got that one. And and I just found out I got a voice that likes fucking my uh, Mentos. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a never-ending process. But but Shiki, if we're gonna get in to where we can go to the sporting events that we want to go to, and and all the other events with our families and stuff, we have. To, I think we have to start before we get to those events and we have to start building our minds and prepare. Ourselves. I'm doing it already. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And you are, you're right. You are. Mm, yeah. hundred percent. We're going to take a quick, yeah. yeah. We're going to take a quick break there just for a couple of minutes. And when we come back, um, I have actually got the Annie Grace act up on the screen and we can go through <clears> that and hopefully this will help Shiki to uh, work his way through. I thought it would be your counseling session. <laughs> we got him on the couch, Drifter. There's a couch on the train. We've got him laid out I'm flat. Glad, I'm glad we do because I like Shiki a lot. Yeah. Ever since I, I saw him running is... and... 
the one thing about this is that we can help each other. And if what we're doing today is helping, then let's let's do it because we're here to help each other. We'll take a quick pause, guys, and we'll be back in a second. Okay. Well, hello, Sober Town. We are back. Uh, Shiki and I are still on the train, and Mr. Drifter is now driving his lorry. Or is, and it's a lorry in the UK. It's a truck in the in, in America. Trying on a roller coaster. Yes, that's it. And um, just before the break, we brought up the Annie Grace Act, which that's been a huge tool for you, Drifter, hasn't it? Annie Grace's Act. It's been your main tool for coping with yeah. Annie Grace changed my life because look i was put into my first 12-step meetings when i was 14 years old so that means around 1977 78 somewhere in there probably 77 so all i've ever known was the 12 steps and it's never worked for me because i'm so hard-headed i have all these years of going through the steps and i don't know a damn thing about the steps and i thought i was doomed because if that's never worked before I just felt like I was doomed to die a, a friggin' drunk. And then I found the IAS app. And that was pretty difficult, too, to get on there because I'm so antisocial. I don't know if you guys remember Never Give Up. She used to, it was a long time, a year ago, she was bouncing everywhere talking about Annie Grace and uh, this naked mind. I mean, everywhere I looked, I saw this lady never give up talking about it so after my second um reset i was like i woke i'd been drunk texting into the ias community and i woke up and i'm like i can't this is my last resort i can't blow this i'm going to try to figure this out so i got annie grace and then i got craig beck this naked mind annie grace this naked mind craig beck alcohol lied to me and i put annie grace in my truck and I drove every night and I listened to it like six times. I just pounded that information into my head. And then I started, I started to finally get it. It's really cool because she talks about, about cognitive dissonance where there's the argument between the subconscious and the conscious. And I just started seeing how all this worked. And then I started reading a little bit about neuroplasticity and how our, our mind builds pathways. And then I, I, I learned how to confront my addict voice. And really, since that time, I've really not had a problem uh, kicking the shit out of my addict voice because, you know, I've definitely moved from getting sober into recovery. And, and but that's how I learned was through Annie Grace. Go ahead. Peter. Here's the cool thing about all of these different techniques. And it doesn't matter what you use. Because there's act, the, the five whys, there's the 12 steps. It's whatever works for you, um, use it to where you're building new pathways. You know, act is just the one I use, but there's so many different other ones out there that everybody uses. And each one, I mean, the 12 step, not only does it help you build a new pathway, it also helps you deal with a lot of the emotional crap that's, that we live with. Um, also me is what I've done is remove the, I wanted to remove the alcohol so I could do that. So it doesn't matter if it's act the five whys, smart recovery, ABART recovery. It doesn't matter what it is. Use it to your benefit, practice it. And 
build a new pathway and get out there, plan for these situations like you're going to be coming into in September, Shiki. And Catherine Gray always says it, um, what you do is you give yourself an escape plan, always. Like you said, you're driving down, you're going to go to the first one and you're going to drive. Well, if you're driving, then you're not drinking. So you're going you're gonna to go to your first one, aren't you? Um, is that the plan that you're going to be the designated driver so you won't drink? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I mean, going back to what Drifter said there about what I've got coming up in September, I mean, before <clears throat> yeah. I go to that festival, I've got two holidays I'm going on. I've got um, two English holidays mm-hmm. uh, with like 25 members of our family, an all-inclusive holiday. Uh, I'm not even remotely worried about that. I'm not even, that's done. I'm not drinking on that holiday, not at all. I already know that conversation has been had, had in my head the last six months is done. You know, I'm not drinking that. I'm going to that holiday and I'm going to wear my sobriety with pride. Um, as this missus said, this missus said, it's a fashion statement. Wear, yeah. your, pri- wear your sobriety as a fashion statement. I'm going to go to Own the bar it. and proudly order an alcohol-free beer. I'm not going to be the coolest person there. I'm going to be the one not drinking. Yeah, that for me... I, and that's already done. That conversation in my head has been done. So I know I'm going to go on these two holidays and not drink. That's not a problem. But then, as you said, that one in September, that's just silly things like that, because that is the one the mind saying, go on, have it for that one. Mm. That's what it's saying. So it's not like I'm coming against other battles, which I've, I'm already sort of scared of, because I've got the battles come up in, you know, in next month, which I've already won. The, the battles are won. And... You are, by what you're saying there, you are actually owning your sobriety. Oh, you own yeah. It. Wear it with pride. Wear it with is, pride, this, yeah. this is your identity. Yeah, it so, is. And that was, right, yeah. That's what you've already, uh, and you've already proven <laughs> that with all these other events that you've been to, mm-hmm. that um, that you can go into these events and do that, Shiki. So you sh- I, I can't see that you are going to have any problem with your Well, his, his mind is like the one that happens once it. a year. Yeah, that's like it. That's one, once, once a year. This is it. As we've gone through, as we were talking about moderation, and we've gone through different scenarios of moderation. That is the one that still, this still bounces around in my head. That one, that's all right. That, that, uh, on, on one hand, one, it's four or five times a year drinking. That's the one that still bounces around. Um, and you talk about your act and the twelve steps and smart, all the rest of it. Believe it or not, I've not actually read a single um, book yet on uh, quitting alcohol. I've not. I've I've bought three of them. I've got them, but I'm not actually. I've not read none of them yet. So Which ones have you my, got? I've got um, the joys, the unexpected joys of sobriety. Um, I've got another one. Laura recommended. I can't think what it was now, but and then the other one was Alan Carr's Easy Way. But see, I, I read Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. I read Recovery. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, she probably is holding up a book to me saying Recovery by Russell Brand. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, like I've, I've the audio books. Drifter will recommend the audio books. And um, if you well, still that one do with your... Russell Brown brand is he, he has his own kind of little interpretation twist, how he throws on the steps. He just talks real to us uh, yeah. with, w- about addiction. I, and it doesn't matter if it's porn addiction or or alcohol, cocaine, cake, ice cream. It doesn't matter. Shopping. Addiction. Yeah, you know what? Thank God Mrs. Drifter does not have that addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, one, of the, one of the comebacks I had when I put this out there, moderation, uh, one of them said, I just cannot moderate anything. I can't moderate my alcohol. 
when I go shopping, it's all, you know, there's no moderation anywhere. Like you with your running, you would run how many miles? I was up to like every, average always 50 miles a week, 40, 50 miles a week. Easy, easy. Yeah. I yeah, said, yeah. It has to be. I always say we're, we've got enthusiastic personalities. Everybody is. We say we've got, we're not addicts. We've just got enthusiastic personalities. <laughs> we get enthusiastic for whatever we take on. And what you're doing actually is really, really good because you are taking things and you are examining them and you are really looking at them and saying, okay, this is probably, maybe I'm going to have an issue with this. Maybe I'm going to have a problem with this. And the little voice is saying, well, it's not going to be a problem because you can drink five times mm. a year. You're all right five times a year. But mm. you know deep down that, yeah, it's a problem because otherwise you wouldn't mm. be examining it the way you're examining it. Well, I, I've been told that I'm doing what's called smart, the smart solution. I didn't even know I was doing that. But yeah, it's self-management. That's that's the way I've yeah. been doing it. But I have got in my locker, um, if things sort of get a bit tough or I've decided to do it, is then books. I'm going to read them. I will, I will do it eventually, but that is going to be, I've got this far without reading anything. So I think that's a big tool to have in my locker that like, maybe I'll start reading like, even like next week. It'd be like a massive tool to have as a backup. Bang, I'll start a new a new toolbox, you know? So. Yeah, one of our ladies. Nikki, you've done really well for yeah. not reading anything and as much knowledge as that you've gained. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's really impressive too. I was, was going to say, I used to smoke, I read Alan Carr's Easy Way 20 years ago to quit smoking. And that man just, he changed, like any grace of you, that man changed my life. He took my brain out, he reprogrammed it, he serviced it, he put it back in. It completely changed my way of thinking. Over the 20 years, I did go back to smoking a couple of times. Um, it, it creeped back in. Um, during lockdown, for some stupid reason, I started smoking again. I was, I was drinking during the day as well, during lockdown, because I, I was working so much. I was drinking during the day and smoking again for some reason. Uh, so I didn't like smoking. The smoking doesn't suit me. So I read Alan Carr's book again, The Easy Way to Stop, Stop Smoking, in September. I read that and bang, it was like switching the light back on. And I stopped smoking. I quit straight away. And then six weeks later, when I realised I had to quit drinking, whilst that was still fresh in my mind, Alan Carr's methods, I was still using his methods. So it's not like I've got this far without reading anything. I was still using Alan Carr's methods because uh, it's the same sort of theory, really. Um, I then bought his book, The Easy Way to Stop it Drinking. Um, but I started reading the, um, the drinking one. I think I read two chapters and I suddenly realised it's exactly the same book apart from the substituting alcohol instead of cigarettes. I didn't read it any further. So I've, I've got this far to be fair. I'm still reading the smoking book of Alan Carr, still using his methods. I've still got that in my mind. Um, but Annie Grace is yeah, the one that I will be reading. I will eventually read it. because I've not, come, I've not come this far on nothing. There's still something in there which helped me along the way, which was Alan Carr. The man's a genius. I don't know if anyone's ever read any of his books, but he's an absolute genius for me. He's yeah, I've, I've read, I read his book. And um, yeah, he is. And in fact, Annie Grace uh, recognizes Alan Carr too. It has to do with pathways, cognitive dissonance. I think Alan Carr talks a little bit about that too. The the um, the argument in your mind, right? I've yep, read so many yep, books; it's yep. hard to like put them all together. You know? <laughs> it's like I I take everything and just throw it in a pot and reach in and 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 take what works for me. You know, exactly what I'm doing with the app. I mean. Alan Carr's theory or Alan Carr's methods gave me the foundations, uh, the, the sort of the right mental um, state of mind to start working on it. 
but the app really does sort of flourish everything and helps you, as you said, you pick out little things from different people. There's so many different things you can learn from other people's experiences and comments and their, their words of wisdom. You, can, you know, that really does help 100%. Without the app, I don't think I'd get nowhere near as far as I've got now. That is the biggest and, thing. And even like this miss, uh, I loved that I love her, statement. Yeah, wearing your – I mean, we take all of this stuff yeah. – it's yep. so badass. Like her and her and um, Elaine were talking about your authentic self when you stop drinking, uh, mm. finding your authentic self. And they've talked about um, a lighthouse. How and that's you, Steve. I remember you. You had posts where people in in the beginning, everybody kept asking you about not drinking, and now it's I don't even or is anybody even really asking you anymore. No, it's now the norm. Like I say, in the early days, <clears throat> when I was, when it came obvious that I was, it wasn't just a dry January. It's like shit. It's still not drinking. Um, people then, so I knew they was talking about me. You saw I had the curtain, the curtain twitches. You know, when you left the room, so, you know, you can hear words of people like chatting behind your back. Um, it was a big thing, but but now, no, it's um, it's the complete normal. It is normal now. You know, no one sort of said the thing. It's and then to be to be fair, I mean, they take they, just, they take the piss out of me. Uh, I'm, out, I'm out of the family. They take the piss in a good way. They they sort of abuse me. They they wear banter. Uh, you know, we was uh, watching the football like my cousin. We're like, ah, oh, Steve, mate, you was boring when you was drinking. Now you're not drinking. You're even more boring. You know, just things <laughs> like that. And it's, it's just banter. So I get that. It's good. But the cool thing is, is it's like Elaine and Dismiss were talking about. You, without even really knowing it, you're you're becoming a lighthouse for these other people that are still involved in the matrix. Cause there may be a, a day Shiki, when they're like, man, I want what Shiki has. And they're going to be calling you on the phone. And it's, you don't even really have to preach to anybody. They're watching you. Shiki, believe that. I've had a couple already. I've had a couple of people already sort of asked me the, the sober curious questions and they've come to me and sort of, have you done this? Have you done that? How are you feeling? Why have you done it? Et cetera, et cetera. And then they text me a week later and said, Hey Steve, I'm, I'm on day zero. So it's, it does happen without even realizing, you know, even trying to preach or put it, put it out there. It does happen. You're right. It's like, it's like a lighthouse. Yeah. We just got to be careful of not blowing somebody else's mind up, huh, Shiggy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I would never preach to no one. I'm never ever going to say to anyone like, uh, you know, drink. my wife, for example, my wife still drinks like a fucking fish. You know, I'm not going to, I'm going to not going to stop her from drinking. I'm never going to turn around to her and preach to her about drinking. That would just cause a massive problem if i have no i'm talking about that. like when you um oh i'm sorry are you still drinking and you throw them on the couch <laughs> that yeah do you know, I'll, I'll, expl I'll explain that one shall I? i'll tell you what happened we was at a party the first party i went to i've seen is my cousin's wife and um i was talking to her early on in the evening uh she's having a couple of drinks she didn't mention to me about not drinking there wasn't about an hour and a half later um when she's had a few more drinks and she says so, steve what's it all about this no drink what's going on what why are you not drinking for? Da, 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 and start asking questions. And I said, listen, Caroline, the only reason that I was drinking in the first place is when it was in fashion. I said, no, it's not in fashion anymore. I said, I don't drink. I'm with the cool guys. I'm sort of, you know, us cool people. We, it's it's alcohol free, Caroline. You know I mean? You want to get with the picture because I, you know, we, I'm one of the cool ones now. And uh, then I, I turned around to her and I said, Caroline, are you still drinking? To which she obviously said, yes. I went, I'm so sorry to hear that, Caroline. How you find it? Are you okay? How, how you dealing with it? How, how's your house? <laughs> and went on to that, and it went on to that side of things, and it completely changed the conversation. And she said, "Well, well I don't drink that much, but it's okay. You haven't got to explain as long as you're enjoying yourself. That's, that's, that's fine." 
And he's like, well, I only drink because of this. I only drink because of some and so. I only drink because... And then we had a complete conversation then about her drinking. <laughs> it went from my drinking to her drinking. And it's just, it's just brilliant. I just messed her mind up. And then, I was, as I said, drifting in our Zoom a few weeks ago. Then about an hour later, she was having one of these female drunken breakdowns where she was crying and people thought, you're right, Caroline. I thought, oh, God, I might have had a step in line. But, I don't <laughs> me that but it was something else. It was to do with something else. But it made my point entirely because she was then crying her eyes out over something in her life, some issue she's got. But it was just good because I just, I've tried it a few times now because it People come up to you and say, how are you fine? You okay? It's like you've got a disease. You know? I've caught sobriety. You're okay. How are you finding it, Steve? You're all right, mate. I'm well done. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. But then when you turn it around to them, are you still drinking? Yes. Oh, how are you finding it? You're okay drinking? Okay. It's just a mind mind game. It's, yeah, I've got to have some fun with that. It's, it's, it's good. I think I'm going to, do you know what? I'm going to take right. a leaf out of your book. Right. And I think you there's, quite really a few, there's quite a few people listening to this pod, who listen to this podcast are going to take that one up. You can really play um, with people. You really yeah. can. Turn it around to them. How are you finding? How are you finding drinking? Is it okay? Are you good? Oh, good. And they, well, well, they just change completely. It's funny. Because, I mean, you you read it in the app. People get annoyed that mm, we yeah. are sort of put into this separate category. You know, we're not real people. We're not enjoying ourselves. We're not having fun because we're not drinking. Well, guess what? We're having more fun than you are because we're going to get up tomorrow morning. We won't have a headache. We won't have spent half the night with our head in the toilet. Oh, Paul, uh, I've got to tell you. It, there was early on in my sobriety, I think it was about, about three months in, we was at a, um, my brother-in-law's barbecue, uh, one of the little kids' birthdays. We only stayed for like an hour mm-hmm. so. We went around mm-hmm. now. There wasn't many people there. Everyone was drinking. And they said to Steve, like, you know, why are you not drinking no more? And I said, to be fast, I wasn't really coming out sober, sober, proud. Yeah. Every day. I was, I've just had enough of the hangovers. I've, I've had, I'm done with it. I can't handle it no more. Well, my mother-in-law said, um, yeah, Steve, you know what? I agree with you. The hangovers aren't that good. But the thing is, I think it's worthwhile because the evenings are so much more better when you drink. I enjoy myself so much more when I've had a drink. And it's just, I feel like so much more fun. So that I didn't, you know, in a way, I feel she's having a bit of a dig, but I didn't bite. I bit my lips. I said, yeah, okay, so it's fine, whatever you want to do. So, so we had a conversation, that was how we went. That was it. We left after about an hour or so. And then later on, my sister-in-law, Laura, posted on our family group chat app, uh, group chat app um, a photo of my mother-in-law passed out on the sofa with a glass of wine. There. <laughs> 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 and I was, mate, I was like a dog with a bone. And I was like, yes, so it's like you're really enjoying yourself there. I hope you had a good night. And I, I was like a dog with a bone. It's brilliant. It's just what you just said, like, People think you're boring, you're not enjoying yourself. But when you're passed out on a sofa two hours later with a glass, that, that looks all right, good life, that does. So, yeah, have fun, enjoy yourself. Yeah, and how many how many people who've become sober have seen pictures of themselves when they've been drunk and thought, oh, shoot, that looks awful. Yeah. Did I I've really a, look like that? I've you got know, a scrapbook full of them. Yeah, I think we've all got some of those. And yeah, I've got the hangdog look that's always there. And getting yeah. back, yeah. And when we get back to moderation, and we're gonna we're gonna help you through your festivals in September. We're gonna be mm-hmm. in your pocket because we've oh, got some... nothing now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Glad you did because this is an exercise, um, and it's it's all part of like like Drifter said, the sober journey, and that we are not we're not hermits. We have to live our lives. You have to go out the front door. You have to get on with life. 
and we're getting on with life sober. And how much of the last six months do you remember? <laughs> mm. Everything. 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 That's course, it. Yeah. And so when you've been to festivals before, how much of them do you get to remember? Yeah, I remember once years ago, I think it was my first ever serious blackouts when I can't remember getting home. No, I've never, I'm not really one for blacking out as much and I can't remember the night before. I can never remember going to bed loads, all the time, loads of times, but I actually, I couldn't remember getting home from a festival, which is like the other side of Essex. And like, how I got home, I had no idea. So that's, yeah, I remember that one. Scary. Um, yeah, that one was, that was, I couldn't believe. I woke up in bed, I was like, I thought I was still at the festival. Shit, how have, have I got here? Mm-hmm. I had to get home with it on a train and all sorts. So, yeah, you're right there, actually. Um, you do go to these places and you do drink to excess. So, like I say, it's going to be another another part of the curve, a part of the journey where I'm going to do it sober. It's another... And you're going to enjoy uh, it. You're going to have such yeah, well, like a say, blast. I've got, I've got the test. Yeah, like I say, I've got the test one, the, the test festival the week before for a couple of hours. So that's going to be my dip the toe and see how it goes. Moderation can't... It, it, it's just a word. And it's something we have to adopt in all aspects for us because moderation is we have to moderate our drink. We have to moderate, like Drifter was talking about, the candy because that became a huge thing for a lot of people. A lot of people, (laughs) it's ice cream. (laughs) For some reason, ice cream. Me, um, I have to learn to moderate my time and use it usefully. I'm starting to pull back a little bit and uh, take a bit more time for myself. And I think, I don't know about you, but there's a tendency to worry about slowing. Uh, Can I slow down? If I slow down, will my mind start playing tricks on me and start tripping me up? Mm. I've got to stay busy. I've got to stay busy. Because that's when that moderation, that little insidious voice, your little party guy starts coming in. And, as we go further down, and Drifter will tell you this, as you stay, the longer you stay sober, the quicker you can shut down the alcohol voice or you can recognize when the voice is going to tr- try and trick you. Yeah. You either, and the HALT method is a good one. And that's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. A lot of the time with me, if I'm tired, is when I start feeling the feels sort of thing, not craving a drink or anything because I haven't craved mm-hmm. a drink in a long time. Um, I don't want to drink, full stop. But I start getting very emotional. And one thing that Drifter, and this is something he has learned, and he will admit it. You better admit this, mister. One thing you have learned in this last 12 months is pause. People say, and with the sober journey, and it's like when the moderation voice tries to kick in and we're not talking Zen here because Drifter will shoot me if I try and make him Zen and ride a magic carpet or whatever. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't do Zen, but pausing to breathe and believe it or not, when you concentrate on your breath, you can actually, it, it slows you enough that you can pause for a couple of breaths and it takes that immediate thought away. So when you know it, it, it's like any situation you and that when we when people come into sobriety and they say, OK, one day at a time, one hour at a time, one second at a time, one breath at a time. And it literally is one breath at a time because one breath, a couple of 
breaths can help you pause before you go in with both feet and blow everything up. Because that that was your, what is it, modus operandi, Mr. Drifter, way back at the beginning? Go in with both feet and blow everything up. Well, I, I still have. <laughs> not as I, I still have manic episodes. No, I'm not like, I haven't really gone into them lately, but I've blown up IAS mm -hmm. like, I, I think I counted eight times where I've gone manic. It's better to pause. Yes. <laughs> definitely better to pause. Mm, uh, yeah. That can help you with almost anything. But, but don't sit in the shit either. But that doesn't mean pause and then sit and let these thoughts bombard you because to me, that's the arena. When these thoughts come into my mind and they start yeah, trying the to arena. convince yeah. me that I could drink, uh, that's when I've transitioned from training and now I'm in, in full battle mode in the arena in my mind. And I, I, I'm just not going to let those thoughts run me over like they used to uh, because I've been able to shut the alcohol down. So now I'm trying to, to do it with other things like my, my manic. It's hypomania where I go into this craziness. That's, and so I, I think that some of these techniques can be used for a lot more things than mm -hmm. just alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Tobacco, uh, cake. Mentos. There's <laughs> Mentos. Um, I've heard the chocolate posts. Like, yeah. what the fuck happened to me? All of a sudden, I'm like this chocolate person, and I've never been a chocolate person. Oh, don't so, talk about chocolate. It's ridiculous. Are you a chocolate person? I never used to be. Never yeah, used but to you be. are now. No, oh, mate, it's fucking stupid. I just can't put stuff down. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. I've got my own little stash now somewhere in the house because I'll get moaned at. When I go to like the, the kitchen, I go to like the treats cupboard and I take stuff out. I'm always getting moaned at for like eating all the chocolate. So <laughs> I've now got my own fucking stash like in the garage. Seriously, that's the truth. <laughs> I bet your stash is melting. It. It's 32 oh. degrees out there. Your stash is not going to do very good today. <laughs> Mate, it's, 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 it's easier to hide the drink than it is the chocolate. Yeah, but it's like that little gremlin moves around in our heads, you know. Oh, well, oh, I can't have this, I'll take that. The trickster, <laughs> it, it, this trickster, but like we say, he wears many hats, many suits, many outfits, <laughs> and it's for all things. And like we say, moderation can cover so much. And the uh, pause technique, when you go to your festival, here's one for you. Here's a challenge for you. Go to your go first on. festival, your short one, the, you know, your one that's your, yeah, your, yeah. your this is your, um, what is tester. it? Yeah, your tester. I beef Ibiza orchestra. And pause when you get right into the middle of this festival, right? Just pause, stand still, and just look all around and take it all in for the first mm. Taking all the colors, taking all the sounds, taking all the smells mm. and just say, fuck me. This is amazing. Mm. And have a bloody good time. Today but what's going to be really cool, Shiki, is when you come out of that and that you're because that's that one, that one left. That's number five, right? Yeah. That yep, that's it. Well, number five is sort of like once every year and now and again, like five times a year drinking. That's that's the moderation that's flying around my head. And moderation, and then, as we know, is just not on. But one success means more successes. And, yeah, I'm sure. I can, yeah. And Each it'll be cool to see you come out of that, and you, then you're going to be able to share. And that's that's the 
beauty of IAS and what we're trying to do here is to share our successes to give somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Right. And every time we celebrate an occasion and we come out of it sober and proud, because we are sober and we are proud. Every time we come out of an occasion sober and proud, we celebrate and we pass that celebration on to other people and say, look, we did this and we stayed sober and we had a fucking amazing time. So if we can do it, you can do it. Yeah. And I, I just yeah, say I mean, anybody with these thoughts of moderation, mm-hmm. I would not I would not let them grow. No. Um, well, if, I've, if, I've put most into bed. I think a lot of people have. I mean, you don't, you don't get to sort of six months down the line, eight months, nine months. You don't get any of this far really about putting them to bed. So we've all got these thoughts that come in our mind. We've all we're all dealing with the uh, the moderation thoughts all the time. We we all of us are. Um, but we, we're still winning them, so we're still here, so we're still winning them. I don't yeah. think they're going to go away, but we still keep fighting. Keep, well, no, keep that's the them. thing. They're they're going to these moderation thoughts are going to keep coming again and again. They're, it's they're insidious, mm. and they're, that pathway is built. It, you can't unlearn how to type. Once you've learned how to type, you can't unlearn it. And it's just yeah. like with addiction, that pathway is there. You can't unlearn addiction, and it's going to keep trying to break out of its cage one way or another it wants out it wants a drink and it doesn't give a shit where it's going to yeah. leave you to get a drink you know yeah and yeah. all it will lead you to is total devastation yeah we know because, that yeah we know yeah, that it's 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 total devastation and i i just p- picture this deep dark well and climbing out of this deep dark well is so fucking hard i am not climbing out of that well again i'm out i'm in the daylight i'm staying in the daylight is life easy? No, because it's life and life ain't meant to be easy every day. But we're, so we're, we're actually meant to live life. And hung over every day, you can't live a life. You can't live a life. And we've got, you've got young children, youngsters, children. You've, yeah. 50, you've got grandchildren. I've got grandchildren. I don't ever want them to be where I was. I don't ever want to see any of the the generation below, two generations actually below me in the same place I was because it's it's not a life. And from what Drift has been through in his life, he would not wish that on any family member. Well, I'm talking to my grandkids now and you know what? They're eating it up. Yeah. It's surprising because they... They know a hell of a lot more than I thought they knew. And they, they really knew how to avoid me when I was drinking, <laughs> you know. But now they're like, we're in the kitchen and we're talking and they're asking questions. And and that's something that I never had growing up. So I, I think that we can make a difference with these other generations coming up. I think that with my kids, I'm just having so much more fun with them. You know, just like the laughs, the banter. Just so much more fun. I mean, beforehand, when I was drinking, I was sort of, you've got that inner sadness all the time where you're not really connecting. You're just going through the motions and stuff. Um, I mean, I used to tell my girls, they'll, they'll go dancing. They go um, ballet, tap dancing every, every night of the week. So me and the Nasty were always back with the force from like the dance classes. And there's one of the dance classes which used to be sort of thing about half past seven was the time I drive back from it. So when I'm taking dancing, I'm just thinking about my next drink. I think it's seven o'clock. This is like breaking into my drinking time. So I used to drive to the dance, say about 15 minutes away, to drive to the dance class in a bit of a mood, really. No, no sort of um, connection with them, no sort of engagement with them. Because what I used to do on the way back from the dance class was drink a can of Stella in the car, because that was my drink time. Like, 
by taking them dancing was a bit inconvenient because it was getting late. I'm looking at the clock all the time, looking at the clock. I think it's getting late. So driving back from the dance class, I had my first drink, the can of Stella, my first drink in the evening. No one knows I've had that drink, but I get in through the door. No one knows, knows I've had that one. So when I drink later, then they think it's my first one. But now that stopped. Now that 15 minutes there and back when I pick them up later, we just have a laugh in the car. We have a, you know, Nicky taking, take the back. And I'm there engaging with We have such a laugh. Well, I never should do that because I was in a sort of a zone of like, I didn't care. Selfish. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really want to talk to the kids. I didn't, didn't you know what I mean? I wasn't really engaging with them. I was doing my job of taking them now. Cheer kids, bye, cheer, cheer, laugh, cheer, have a good time. That was it. But now we go, we go, we just have a laugh. You know, so you're right, Drifter, what you're saying, you're now engaging with your kids more, you're being more human, really. It's only natural. It's only natural. Yeah, yeah, oh, are you quoting, yeah. who are you quoting there? We're only human and it's natural. It's, it's, it's a song, that one is. I can, we're only human after all. There's a, there's a song. Shiggy, that, that is so bad. Yeah ass right there that i mean because that's what it's all about you've taken your life back and you've taken your family back and you yeah. did that by taking your mind back and that's mm. that's beautiful man that's and that's those are the things to think of when this little moderation voice starts to try and creep in think 15 minutes in the car chatting with the kids having mm. a laugh having fun is it worth going back to Oh, this is my drinking time. Oh, oh, yeah, I know that. oh yeah, that's that's part of act, right there. That's part of yeah, like Drifter says, that's part of act awareness. Oh yeah, I know. clarify, I know. Yeah, yeah, turn yeah. it around. So oh, don't worry, I'm converted. I'm converted. Don't worry, I'm converted. Yeah, we've got a convert. Yeah, no, you're preaching converted. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'm just saying what Drifter was saying. He, he's talking to his kids now. They, his grandkids. They come and they talk to him and engage. It's just so much better when you've got that engagement with your family when you never used to because you had other things on your mind you know that's just that as i just said that sort of like in the zone of well one of your five moment. one of your five is your birthday right that's one of your list of five could be birthday. maybe they could be on now yeah yeah could be. your birthday um how much would you enjoy celebrating with the kids sober on your birthday and having a laugh and eating cake right you're 100% right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I had the argument of the discussion last weekend with, I spoke to her on the app and she talked about her, her post with my wife last Saturday. Uh, we had the meal out um, with friends. I didn't drink, but I felt something was missing. And then I think it was on the Sunday or the Monday, we was talking. And I said, Look, I think I can get to this stage now where I can possibly go uh, to a festival and go have a night out and then not drink for four months. I drink for, for the one occasion then not drink for four months. I was arguing that corner, but she was arguing at me. I stopped being a twat. Don't do that. You can't, you know, you can't do that. And I was mm -hmm. arguing back to her. No, I can do that. But the more she said that I couldn't do it, the more I want to show her that I can do it. So I'm sort of arguing against my own sort of... Good for her. She go, you go and give her a big hug because you have got a, a wonderful support there. That is to have, I mean, to have your partner supporting you and being proud of you. That know, is... She's pissing me off. So I want to prove to her I can't. <laughs> That's, the thing. That's the annoying thing. Was, she's pissing me off. She was telling me the truth. I was saying, no, I can do it. I can have a drink. The thing is, we do don't it. always want to know the truth. Uh, I mean, I used to, uh, um, I think we go defensive when someone holds that mirror yes. up in front of us. Yes. And, and we, we get told the truth. We always go on the defensive. No, I don't hmm. drink too much. Yes, I can do this. No, I, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. an it's the old illusion again, and we 
we no longer live in a world of illusion. Like you say, we, we're human and we live in the real world now. And it's actually a much better place to live. I like it. So we are going to pull the train into the station, I think, now. I think Chris is not stopped. He's still working away. He's still working. Um, (laughs) No one else can see this. Me and Polly are sitting here for the last hour. (laughs) Unload trucks and get in and out of trucks and jump up and down. I feel like I've done a day's work watching it. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been working since uh, 9 o'clock last night. And it's... And there he is climbing climbing back into his cab. It's now 9.29 for you. So you've been on the 12 and a half hours so far you've been at work. And uh, Stephen, I'm really glad that we got a chance to talk with Shiki too. So do I. um, Yeah. (laughs) And and, uh, it's been great to know you and watch you. Yes. And I was a fan of yours as soon as I saw that you ran marathons blasted off your ass. I could not friggin' believe what I was hearing. <laughs> we I, all drove, we all drove, all drove blasted off our ass. So it wasn't even so much the running the marathons, it was the training for them. That's the hard part, training for the marathons, constantly on pissed every Sunday morning, running 16, 17 miles, just drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But, and getting all the, like, sweating all the alcohol out. Yeah. The, the good, unfortunately, the good thing with going for, like, say, an 18-mile run, when you start it drunk, you're drunk. The good thing is when you finish it, you're sober and you've missed the hangover. That was, that was You've run your part. way through it. <laughs> yeah, you used to miss In fact, let me just, before we finish, let me just say something, because I spoke to Go Todd ahead. about this, because Todd gets it, because he was a, uh, uh, he does cycling, does a lot of, um, of work and uh, exercise. Now, when you do, a, say, a run, uh, as soon as you've, Done like a say, say half a marathon. Once you've done a half marathon, you make you drink more. Okay, you do drink more, fact. Um, but then what I used to do, uh, when I was drinking a lot, it made me it make me used to train more to sort of counteract the bad I was doing to my body. So the more I drank, the more I trained to sort of run the calories off, run the alcohol, etc. So I left Todd with this statement. Okay, it was the more I ran, the more I drank, and the more I drank, the more I trained. Is that what a cycle? I was just on a massive cycle. Get worked that one out. The more you train, the more you drink. The more you drink, the more you train. I do. Here's one for you. I do Weight Watchers, right? Yeah. And I would search out all the zero foods, the foods that would not accumulate points, so that I could drink my points. So I drank my calories and ate the stuff that I could eat that was free. So yeah. I lived on free food so that I could drink. So the more I drank, the more yeah, free yeah, food yeah. I ate. So it, yeah, it crazy. build these cycles yeah. in their mind. Crazy. And the, and, and the addict voice and the, mo- the moderation voice is exactly the same thing. Yeah, crazy. But, but build it's, these cycles. It's, it's just crazy. But what I was going to say to you today about, you know, thanks. I just want to say thanks for having me on. Thanks for inviting me back. It's been, it's been great watching you work, Drift. I've enjoyed watching you work. And thanks, Polly, for having me on. You've been a great, great sort of host here. It's been brilliant. Thank you. We've enjoyed it. And we're going to have you back again because there's other, this is actually going to be a two part podcast because there's going to be another. Well, Karina's thing. coming back. We'll, yeah. Too. And we'll, we'll yeah. do a three way. We'll do, this isn't, we're not being rude, folks. We'll do a three way with <laughs> Karina and, I'll be the between the two Essexes and um, 
Drifter, thank you for ta tagging along and driving as fast as you can to keep up with the train. We have enjoyed having your company and thank you for not taking over my podcast. I am eternally grateful. <laughs> uh, I had a pause. I paused. You, had a, you paused. Yeah. You did actually. And you've been absolutely wonderful. The, um, I think we've had a really, really good discussion and we hope that what we've discussed and what we've revealed about our journeys and our thoughts on this will help other people. So everybody, please keep riding the sober train. The life, after, the life in sobriety is so, so worth it. I say no sippy, no slippy. A drifter, you say? Pour the poison down the sink. Shiki, have you got a little expression you use? Uh, you know what? My mind's gone blank. I'll, I'll, I'll get it for the next time. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had King 13 and hers was What Would Mother Do? Um, WWMD, What Would Mother Do? was hers. So we've all got something and mine's no sippy, no slippy because like they say in AA, one drink is too many and a hundred is never enough. So folks, thanks for listening to us and we will leave you um, on this wonderful Sunday because it's Sunday here and please moderation it's it's not an option for those of us who uh, have alcohol dependency and if you start hearing that voice shut it down with act or get on to the sobertownpodcast.com website and find all the resources you need to shut it so thank you very much for joining us and we will be back next time thank you Bye.